0: A group that likes to fellowship. Um, I don't know when it was that they came out with some coins. I think there were pennies that they forgot to put print on there in God We Trust, and then there were some emails that went out about you know not accepting them, returning them, or what have you, and there was a big commotion about that. You know, it was so important to have that printed on the coin in God We Trust. You know. And Psalms 91 is basically in God we trust. You know, when everything else has gone away or things may not be working out, we can always depend on God. And I think that's one of the reasons we can relate to a lot of the songs that have been written through the years uh, that talk about depending on God, trusting God, relying on the Lord. Uh, a lot of Psalms and a lot of scripture talks about that. Trusting the Lord we're actually commanded to trust God and encouraged to trust the Lord because um, we have a knack for um, you know beginning to doubt or question uh, you know some of the things that we go through and sometimes we may even question whether God is really that close to us depending on the experiences that we're going through you know God's protection in the midst of danger God doesn't promise a world free from danger But he does promise his help whenever we do face it. We're not alone. On the surface, this passage seems to promise uh, immunization or exemption from danger or uh, insulation from adversities, uh, which cuts against our own encounters with the kinds of things that we confront. We always hear about accidents, illnesses, and sometimes it really reaches close to home, misfortunes, tragedies adversities in fact the Lord uh, himself the night that he was arrested the night that he was betrayed spoke to his disciples and he told them the following among other things I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace now it's interesting that he would tell them a whole lot of things that don't sound a whole lot of positive but the reason I say all these things to you is so that you will have peace well how can I have peace if you're telling me the following In this world, you will have trouble. Well, thank you very much. (laughs) Take heart. I have overcome the world. The two things that we are certain about is, number one, his presence. You know, the fact that he has overcome the world. And the fact that he will be at our side and with us through it all. That we do have. And I think that's what makes a distinction between a believer and an unbeliever. When you believe in God and you have place Christ as your number one person in whom you trust then somehow some way there will not be an adversity a situation or a conflict that God will not empower you to be able to go through now it doesn't mean that God's going to eliminate it like take it away from me but God will empower us and give us the strength to be able to go through it now the Lord's experience in our own when he was on earth, do not necessarily square up to some of the things where the thought is that nothing will ever harm those who love the Lord. Uh, It appears on the surface to be a contradiction. So how do we understand and how do we apply it? You know, the devil, by means of this psalm, tempted Jesus to trigger angelic protection. um, In verses 11 and 12, when he tempted Jesus in the desert, Uh, And actually was taking him around. He was taking him for a tour. You know. Um, At Jesus' arrest in Gethsemane. Jesus again refused to invoke the guarantee of angelic rescue. When he could have. But he did not. The crucifiers stated. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him. In other words. When you and I make a statement to Someone publicly or otherwise, that you are a Christian, that you believe in the Lord, you know, the enemy will try to challenge us on that. So you say you're a Christian, so you believe in God. Well, now, let's see if God's going to rescue you out of this one. Let's see if God's going to get you out of this jam. Where's your joy? You've been going through some stuff, huh? Yet it is the Lord Jesus himself who tenaciously will continue to rescue and restore us to himself. Even the one who did not seek to be rescued, and he could have called angels to his rescue, is the one who comes to rescue us today. And he is at our hand. He is beside us. Let's talk about the secure place. The counterpart of this psalm is found in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31 through 39. When you and I, the Bible says in Psalms 91.1, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. When you and I have made God our dwelling place, you are secure in the day of trouble. You and I, when we are have a relationship with God, there is going to be security present and we're going to be free because of that relationship that we have with God. and You know, when it comes to relationships, it's amazing the influence that we have on one another. You hang out with uh, Pastor Ralph here, I mean, he's contagious. Because <laughs> he's got joy and he's got peace, you know. And, and um, you hang around Elias and he's a visionary, he's evangelistic. And so those things will influence you. You know, you hang around Pastor Paul, whoo, man, you know, you, you get some of that rubs off of you. Because the influence of others around you affects one. So when you get close to God, guess what happens? Of him rubs off on us. And so I trust God because in this relationship, you know, there there is there is trust. And when there is trust, then I'm more secure when I have to go through whatever I got to go through. But when I don't have I have a problem with trust because the relationship may not be all that, then I find myself going through something, uh, then I'm not as secure. And you will find this with small children, some that are very secure and some that are very insecure. Uh And from there, they say that a child can develop different kinds of disorders when they're insecure. Uh And the more secure you are and the more safer you feel the more freedom you have uh, in one particular school i think i said this before one time where they were doing some construction they had to remove the fence and uh... children were always used to coming out at recess to play so the day that they removed the fence all the children came out and used to going all over the place in the playground and they didn't go anywhere they stayed right in the very center by the school buildings that didn't go out to play because they didn't feel protected because the fence represented protection it was a good safe boundary for them so they they wouldn't go out there they just didn't feel safe Uh, for little ethan i i did a report on him uh, i think about a year and a half ago and he gave me a good grade in school and so one day i was in 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 the nursery and stephanie and little ethan were there e as we call him and so he's playing around and uh so when mom brings him in he runs to the toys and he goes and he plays. And every once in a while, he turns around to check on mom. Just to make sure mom is there. <laughs> then, he, uh, then he moves into the, to the other room because there's two rooms. And he goes to the other room and he starts playing around. And he having, you know he's having a great time. He's a little bit farther away from mom. But he feels safe and he feels secure as long as mom is, is not too far away. Are you hearing me? Okay. As long as mom is close by, I'm okay. No matter what happens, I'm okay. If you notice here, it says, um, He who draws in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow. In the shadow of the Almighty. Well, you know, the shadow ain't too far from you and me. You know, anywhere there's the sun and you cast a shadow, like I have one right now, it's right next to me. So if we are as close to the Lord as the shadow is to me, we're close. In proximity. And when you and I are close, we are more uh, secure. And if we are more secure, then we are more free to move about. Those children did not play and everywhere else they wanted to play. But when they put the fence back up again, they were playing everywhere. Because there was some freedom going on because they felt secure. It is amazing today how people are not secure you know emotionally they're not secure in their relationships financially they are not secure you know and and medically they're not secure they worry i must have something because i got a pain and then you start imagining the worst it must be cancer it must be this you know any pain we got is major you know as we worry you know we're concerned and we're insecure we are a nation of insecurities we got alarms for everything and yet we come to church and we talk about how secure we are in Jesus. Yes, sir. Me, you know, oh, am I stepping on some toes? Well, I had to step on my own as well. Because we all have insecurities, okay? We struggle with that. It's part of who we are. Why does God remind us over and over again through many different experiences in Scripture and passages to trust in Him? Because our tendency is to be insecure and to go with that anxiety and to go and follow through on that. You know, and begin to question it and be somewhat confused about what's going on. Because one of the things that that the the enemy will always try to challenge us is our commitment and our trust to the Lord Jesus Christ. If he can penetrate that, that's where it all happens. Because where you find love, you find trust. Where you find trust, you find love. Well, we find that no matter what happens, God is faithful. In Psalm ninety-one, the emphasis is on nothing will hurt you. In Romans chapter eight, the emphasis lies on nothing will separate you from God. Sometimes the Lord will grant both; He will heal you and restore you, uh, mend and so forth. And uh, at other times, uh, he, he will come and 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 uh, and secure you, but. There are times when we, not, we may not be guaranteed of, of, of in either, especially if we have not chosen to dwell with him, to be with him, to choose a relationship with him. One of the things that I appreciate a lot here at church is, um, is, the, uh, is the messages and the vision of evangelism. Um, we cannot ignore our responsibility to the world and I thank the Lord that the world is still continues to be filled with families and individuals who are hurting and they they need God in their lives and they need a church like the church of the Redeemer that is aware that is conscious and that is praying and looking for opportunities to share Christ who is the hope of the entire world today we cannot lose sight of that on a daily basis, and you know, as I was at the mission uh, yesterday, we held an, an outreach in the afternoon, and uh, we had a group there. Oh, I forget their name. Something in the Oreos, <laughs> funny name, but uh, uh, it's because it was three blacks and one white. You know, it was the Oreos. <laughs> you know, and they were they were singing away, and and they ministered to the to the to the homeless and to others that were there. And there was probably a couple of hundred people that were sitting there hearing the songs and hearing the testimonies and hearing the message. And it gets out there every day, every single day, twice a day. At the very least, the gospel is being preached at the mission, you know, and that's just one mission. I mean, there's many missions everywhere and hundreds and thousands of them. In fact, we just had a conference over the weekend on that, you know, and I just thank God that that we do not uh, become, you know, we don't slack. And become slothful in our in our endeavor to reach others for Christ, because every time we open these doors, needs are coming in like crazy. Okay, we are here today. We are sitting here today, and we we you know we all trust the Lord. We we know that He is all, and yet we have needs today. We have hurts today. We've got some stuff that's bigger than us. We don't know how to handle that. But let me let me let us be reminded. Uh, of what what God's word says, that he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, okay, so we're here with the Most High, okay, will rest, and how many can rest today? I don't know, I can't, but I sure like to rest today. Well, you and I can rest today in the shadow of the Almighty, the All-Powerful. When you and I are next to the All-Powerful, even as a shadow, I'll take that, because I know that I'm not alone, and somehow he will empower and he will give me the grace and the power that what I need to be able to get through this particular day. For those those of us who have medical conditions, financial situations come up, situations at home where it, it is tough, it is it is it is difficult, uh communication problems, crises that come up, uh We get angry, we hurt one another at times, and many times we hurt the people that we love the most. And we become distant and we separate. And yet we see see that there's a God here today who loves us and who reminds us not to lack in our trust in him. That if things are not all right at the moment, it doesn't mean that we have failed. It simply means that we need to get closer to the Almighty, to the Most High, and to learn to trust Him that somehow He's going to help me. He's going to be there for us to be able to get through this predicament, this situation that I'm going through at this time in my life. God is aware of it. There isn't anything that goes on that God is not aware of it. But we were singing earlier, Lord, draw me close to you. <laughs> help me. Know that you are near. Why do we need to know that? Because sometimes the stuff that we go through in life uh, gets in the way. You know, there's it, it's, it's, it's obstacles. and We may come here and get, we're, we're here but we're not fully connected yet. Well, God wants us to be fully connected today. And to understand and to see that he doesn't want to be just the shelter of the most, but he wants to be your shelter today. He wants to be your refuge today. You see, he goes on to say in verse 2, I will say of the Lord. This is possibly David speaking or the writer. He is saying, personally he is saying, He is my refuge. He is my refuge and he is my fortress. He is my protection. My God in whom I trust. In other words, he has personalized it. It's not a matter of just, um, I know the Lord loves me. No, no. This is my Lord, you know. And the reason he could say my refuge and my fortress because he must have experienced something that led him to get to that point. You know, you know, there must have been some experiences that he must have gone through to get to that point to say I have experienced trauma, crisis in my life to the point now that I've seen God work in my life. And because of that, I can say he is my refuge because he has been my refuge he has been there for me Um, it's interesting there too that he he says he's my refuge and my fortress and he says my God the word God there is Elohim it's the plural for God what he is saying there he says my God the father my God the son and my God the Holy Spirit you all are with me Okay, you guys are all with me. I am not alone. Don't we sing a song? When I am alone. Because we all go through experiences where we feel alone. Our president at the mission, when he spoke last week, he mentioned that sometimes he feels alone. Leaders can feel alone. Husbands can feel alone. Wives can feel alone. Children can feel alone. We all can feel alone. But, But we can choose. We can choose what we're going to do. And when we choose the Lord, it makes a difference. Because we begin to experience God in a whole different way. You see, one thing is to talk about God here and how wonderful and powerful he is. And then tomorrow is to experience his power at home and at work and through the crisis that you and I go through. Okay? We don't always smile. I know we smile on Sunday. How you doing, brother? But, you know, even with our smile, it doesn't mean that everything is cool. You know, there are some things we all go through. It's hard. Some of us may be going through some financial things right now, medical things, situations that are just greater and bigger than what we are. And yet God reminds us today, through the writer in whom I trust, that he is our protection. He is our security. He is our shield. He is our firewall, so to speak. You know? He's our... Insurance. I was going to say the other one. I ain't going to say it. Aurora. Okay, I going to say it. We, we, you know, we're in good hands with God. Let's put it that way. <laughs> this is what happens when we make God our shelter and our hiding place, our refuge, our fortress, our rampart. In Philippians four seven says, "And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, all understanding, He says, will guard your hearts." You know, God even guards our hearts because we're passionate people. You know, that's why he said, do not love the world because we like to fall in love. (laughs) And not just with people. (laughs) We just like to fall in love, you know. And so he says, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and he guards your minds in Christ Jesus. It is the answer to the different kinds of things that we encounter in life. For example... Here's a list. Anxieties. Depression. Sense of hopelessness. Loss of motivation. Sense of helplessness. I can't stop worrying. It just keeps going over and over and over in my mind. A sense of restlessness. Fears and insecurities. Obsessive compulsive tendencies. Who me? (laughs) Uh, Intrusive thoughts of past traumas or negative experiences. Sometimes seeking to avoid people altogether because of past hurts. Feeling detached or separated from important people in your life. Insomnia, I can't sleep. Hypersomnia, I'm always sleeping. Feeling angry or irritable or the inability to concentrate. Amnesia, I know I suffer from that one. Partial loss of memory, you know. Especially, <laughs> or all of the above from time to time, you know. We are a generation of disorders, as they call it. Uh, but you know what? It doesn't matter what the the situation is. God already knows that. He knows the world in which we live. We live in a very insecure world. In verse 3 it says, Surely he will save me from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you will find what? Refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. Okay. That means that God is faithful. Okay, God will never leave us. That no matter what we go through or where we're at, He is there. Through the good times and the bad times, as one song used to say, He is there. Okay, you can count on Him. You can bank on Him. He's on your left, on your right, in your front, in your back, above and below you. He is there. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. You will not fear the terror of the night. Sometimes we can't sleep at night, you know. Lately, I've been sleeping great, man. It's, I love where we live. God gave us a good house. I like that the heat wave is over. Hey, praise God for that, you know. And now we can sleep at night. Don't have to have the AC on. Amen. Save our money so we can tithe an offering. Amen. Yes, sir. Nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You You see, God has a love for us that's greater than any other kind of love. A, a, just a love that is so personal. It will not even come to you. It includes your family. I thank God today that for 41 years, God has kept our family. In 1966, when my parents gave their heart to the Lord, and we came, and we've been serving God, Chris has been 41 years of faithfulness that God has been. God is good. God is good. Um, John the Baptist was decapitated. Stephen was stoned to death. And James was killed by a sword. None experienced bodily immunity, but nothing destroyed their relationship with God. <laughs> In fact, Stephen said these words as he was being stoned, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell to his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Here was a man who had learned to trust God in the good times and in the bad times. And there, there was nothing that could separate this man from the love that he had for God and the, and the love that God had for him. It was inseparable. This is true Intimacy. And it's very, you know, the epitome of. And so thank God that this, that's the, an example that you and I have today. That no matter how tough the going can get and how difficult life can be, we know that there's a God who, who is with us, who will empower us and strengthen us to go forward and to move to the things that we have to move through. You know, Paul was there and witnessed Stephen's death when he was stoned. And he saw the faith that this man had and the love and the commitment that he had for God that no type of torture or suffering or ridicule or anything could dissuade him from his commitment to Christ. What a love and commitment to God. And there's this man that they're stoning him and he's hearing the words as this man is being stoned, you know, that he's praying on behalf of these people that are killing him. And years later, when Paul writes to the Roman church, in Romans chapter (laughs) 8, he says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Uh, Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, and I don't know when he, was, when he began to write these words if he was thinking about Stephen. But I'm sure that the impression and the image that was left on his mind and in his heart was one that he would never forget. Just like many of the legacies in this church. The people that you and I have, gone to, have grown to know through the years and have been committed to God, they leave an imprint in our hearts and our souls. and and, and they give us a testimony of integrity and permanence that you can serve the Lord with all your heart for the rest of your entire life. It doesn't have to be seasonal. (laughs) It doesn't have to be from experience to experience. It can be daily. There's a longevity to a serving God because God's faithfulness is a testimony to that beyond generations because this church represents many generations. You know, and many that are coming up. You know, we saw a bunch of them go out there. That's the next generation coming up. And one day they'll be sitting down and we'll be with the Lord, I think, by that time. You know, or, or whoever, wherever we're going to be. But, but it goes on. What is the legacy? What is the testimony that we leave behind? You know. And he goes on to say, no. He says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are conquerors because he loved us and he chose us. And that today we choose to want to serve him. We choose that we want to draw closer to help me draw closer to you, God. Sometimes I need his help just to get closer to him. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future. Sometimes we worry about the future. You know, we hear the news and it tells us how bleak things are around the world. And oh, man, it's terrible. What do we got to look, you know, the, the stock market, you know, and all that's going on, and the housing industry, and all this, and oh my God, what are we going to do? It says here, not even the future. You throw that right in there, okay? Nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us. Will be able to separate us. Will be able to separate us from the love of God. From the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that is what the devil's agenda and his primary goal is to instigate and cause some type of a severance or separation between you and the Lord. He wants to weasel himself, wedge himself in there so that our commitment and our devotion and our love for him somehow is affected. Well, it's interesting there in Scripture in verse... um, I know time is going. i got five minutes. Okay, I'll do real quick here. Um, In verse 11, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in his hands so that you will not strike your foot against stone. Wow. Now, what's interesting is here is that Satan used this same scripture when he tempted Jesus. The Holy Spirit took Jesus to the desert and then Satan took Jesus to the temple. Satan took Jesus to church. So so you say, well, you know, only God is at church and those who love the Lord. Well, not that time. He was right there. In fact, he got on top of the temple, you know. And and, and so Satan took Jesus to the highest point of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God. You know, and many times he'll say that to you. I mean, if you are a Christian, if you are a believer in God, then. Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, Satan, you know. I like that. You got to know some scripture, you know. Don't just say, well, it's written, but I just can't remember the scripture, you know. (laughs) Make sure you got some scripture there, you know. Got to know how to answer back, you know. Um, And if you want to get that down pat, just have a dialogue with others who are on the streets doing their type evangelism. Get into some dialogues there, you find out, man, they got their scriptures down, you know. And so it's good to know those scriptures. You know, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to a test. You see, Satan's goal was to attempt to separate Jesus from the Father. He wanted their relationship severed somehow. He wanted their intimacy and trust and unity somehow broken. Satan wants him to act on His own. You don't need the Father. You don't need the Son. You, you know, you got it. You just say the word, and it'll happen. This is what He does to us today, the same thing. He doesn't want you and I to place all of our trust in God. He wants you to re, for you and me to rely on our own knowledge, on our own experience, on our own skills, and our own abilities. To be yourself. To look yourself. Act like yourself. You're individuated, you know. It's all about you. I was uh, Monica. I'm reading a book, and for one of our courses that in therapy today they're beginning to reflect back, actually years back, where you know we've always talked about the client. You know, what do you think and what do you feel? Almost exempt from any moral issues, like. As a counselor, you may want to, you know, you've got some dilemmas there because when I can see there's a distinction here. This is this is not good. This is not good. This is not a good decision. But well, what do you think? What do you feel? <laughs> it's not about me, you know what I'm saying? And so the world comes down to self, and we are we are instructed from Scripture that it's not about self-reliance. It's not about us, but it is about God in us. It is about Christ in us. Where we rely on him not to put our trust in, in any other thing, but to lean not on our own understanding, but to trust him. That somehow he knows better. And allow yourself to open up so that when there's a word that may come from someone else, you'll be willing to listen to it and hear what he says. I'll close with this. There's a blessed assurance as he comes to a close. And here's what he says in verse 14. Because he loves me. It's all about love. <laughs> he says, I will rescue him. He says, and I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He, he knows me. He, he acknowledges me. He calls upon me. He invokes my name. He goes, and I will protect him. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. He won't walk through it alone. I will deliver him and honor him. Can you imagine? With long life, I will satisfy him. I could take that too. I like that one. And show him my salvation. In other words, he'll reveal things to him. He'll speak to him. He'll share his life with him. God's purpose for us today is that uh, there's an area in which we want to come and learn to trust him even that much more with more of our lives. See, there are some things that we trust God for and they're kind of simple to you know, trust him but there are other things that are harder to trust God for you know I said well, I'll trust you here Lord but over here I'm going to help you out Lord because well you know <clears throat> you know I know better I know better and uh, God says no you don't like when Peter says oh Lord, no, Lord you can depend on me I'll hang with you to the very end yeah right Peter uh, before this night is over you're going to deny me three times oh, not me, Lord. You got the wrong person. You may be talking about Matthew and Judas. Well, where is Judas anyway? And, and whoever else. But, but you can't be talking about me. And God says, but he knows us. He knows us. He knows that we need to depend on him with all that we have today. What is it that sometimes we lack in giving God that we're not trusting him with? I know for us, we had some struggles with our family for some years And we had to give it to God. My mother, she taught us how to live for God. And she also taught us how to die in Christ. At the age of 59, God chose to to take her home. And uh, one of the things she told us in the hospital room, as she congregated all her family, she goes, the doctor has said that I'm going to die. She goes, that's all right. Because I know in whom I serve. I know where I am going. You see, I'm okay. She told us that. I'm okay. Whether I live to be 100 or another day, it doesn't matter. I'm okay. It's okay in here. I am secure in my relationship with the Lord. Man, that the world cannot give, Christ is the giver of life and eternal life. Let us stand at this time. Lord, as we come to a close today. I pray, dear God, that that you would meet us, dear Lord, on the road of experience today. You meet us where we're at, Lord, today. There may be some concerns. There may be some worries, some anxieties, dear God, in our lives even now. We're concerned about things, things that are just getting in the way or just things that we're preoccupied with, dear God, and, and they're beginning to take a toll. Lord, today I pray, Lord, that you would minister, that you would intervene that you would bring healing, dear God, whether it be to the body, to the mind, to the soul, to the relationship, to situations at hand, Lord. But maybe just today, you are calling us, Lord, to trust you with things that maybe we just haven't given up or given to you. And maybe there's been too much self-reliance and self-interest, and we need to open up and allow you to be Lord of all of our entire lives, not just part of our lives everything dear God today Father I pray for individuals who simply want to seek you and to draw closer to you today and I just I want to invite anyone who would like to come today that where you are at now you're saying I feel God just kind of tugging at the cords of my heart whether it be something general or specific it doesn't matter but you know that God is simply calling you to be closer to him as he calls me today as well i invite you to join with me here at the altar would you step out of your out of your bench there where you're sitting where you're standing would you come out would you come forward here as the pastors come and other believers come to surround you with prayer i invite you to come and that your heart and your mind would be open to his will and his direction for your life at this time if there are some indecisions and there's some, there needs to be decisions made. May this be the day that you will agree with God on what, he, what His will is for your life. Would you come at this time? I'm inviting you. Come. Come as you are. Come to worship Him. Come to draw closer. Say, Lord, here I am. I give you all of my life, Lord, today. I want to trust you. I want you to be my refuge, dear God. My fortress. I want to be under the shadow of the Almighty today. I want to know that I'm not alone. And that sometimes there are things that are just bigger than I am. And I I get overwhelmed, dear God, and I worry. But today you remind me how much you love me and you care for me. You care for my life. You care for my marriage. You care for my family. You care for us, dear God, in a way that no one else does. You embrace me, dear God, today. You embrace my family, dear God. You care about my life, dear God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring for me. Thank you for touching my life, dear God, and that my level of commitment to you will rise. That I will be obedient to your call and whatever you call me to do, that I will do what you've called me to do, Lord if I've neglected, dear God, areas of my life, Lord, that I can patch those up today and say, Lord, I've been negligent in this area and I've ignored this or the other and I'm kind of getting by on, you know, just a little. When I need to live in the abundant life of Christ and need to allow the Holy Spirit to work through me and in me as well. Lord, you know what I go through today. Here I am. For those, God, dear God, that are going through some physical challenges today, any medical issues, Lord, today, that your hand would be strong in touching, healing. Some may be going through some financial stresses at this time. Lord, reach down and touch. Bring, Lord, a word of hope today to the heart. And connect them, dear God, to those sources that will be helpful to them. Oh Lord, we pray for family members that may not be serving you at this time. Lord, that you will bring those family members to you. We will not lose hope that you will restore and save and you will bring them dear God unto you. How wonderful and how precious you are. For no one loves us the way you do. No one cares like you do. Lord, thank you. Oh Lord, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You are Church of the Redeemer's refuge and fortress and our strength there, God. Sometimes when I'm just wasted and I have no more strength, you come and you give me just enough strength to get by. Oh, thank you,
1: Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. We love
0: you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for there is praise on our lips today. Because through a law you begin, you continue to be faithful. Regardless of my situation, you are bigger and greater than all what I go through today. Oh, thank you, dear God. We serve a great God. Incomparable are His riches. Thank you, dear God, for your faithfulness. Thank you, dear God, for your faithfulness. Oh holy are
1: you today. Yes. Worship you, Father. Exalt in your name. Captured my heart. Yes. Now my life is changed. Jesus is knocking on your door.
0: He's knocking on your door. This is the time to experience the very power of God working in your life. He wants to shower you with His very best. Oh, won't you open up to Him today? Hallelujah
1: Yes Thank you Lord Give the earth Thank you Lord As the Waters flow the sea Yes Yes I am surrounded Oh thank you By the fortress of God Oh give me some of that Jesus today Oh you've got a Come on now Come on church people now I'm unashamed Yeah Push up your fire Yes Taught in your name oh, Come on now Caption my heart oh May your presence be and strong alive, upon the light Now my Lift up Thank my you. hands Jesus continues Lift to die Lift up my hands Yes I'm unashamed you find salt in your name. You captured my heart. Now my life is changed. I lift up my hand. I lift up my hand, unashamed. Worship you, Father. It's all